The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Post-draft fallout is finally behind us. The end of the week where everything is seemingly wrapping up during the offseason and we slowly approach the slow path to the start of the NFL season. Because of that, you could imagine that listeners of the show had tons of questions and a lot of great ones regarding situations with the pass rush, position groups that they missed out on, all of that stuff. We're going to answer on today's edition of the Chris and Joe Show Mailbag. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. This show is presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. Before we start answering any fan questions, we need to address recent news that came out Wednesday night at a very late hour (laughs) and caught us not off guard, but an unexpected time frame, almost to the point where a lot of people thought it wasn't going to happen. That being the Giants announcing that they are picking up fifth-year options on Jabril Peppers, safety who they recently traded for this past offseason, and also Evan Ingram, the Titan that they drafted a few years ago in the first round. So they're bringing back two young players that have had injury issues, have been inconsistent, but when they're fully healthy and they're on the field, have been serious impact playmakers and have had dominant performances in multiple games with the Giants. So, Chris, it seems like that they're just trying to secure these guys, keep them on board. Jabril Peppers was probably the more obvious candidate to get extended and and get this fifth-year option, but so much was in the air on on Evan Ingram, and it seems like they just decided, hey, we're going to keep him, we're going to bring him back, and at the very least, if we can't, can't get what we want out of him, we can trade him. Because realistically right now, there's not really many better options for tight ends on the market or also on the Giants roster. No, and really, as a receiving tight end, Evan Ingram is still one of the very best in the league. He ranks sixth among all tight ends in yards and seventh in catches since entering the league. And that is with missing time due to injury. And yeah, he wasn't playing in a very good system when he entered the league. And Pat Shermer hasn't really or didn't really do a very good job of utilizing him either. So even with all of that, having to overcome injury, overcome not great scheming and usage, he has still been very, very productive. And I really do think he's underrated as a blocker. And with Jason Garrett and the offense that he's bringing to the Giants, he has always 
produced very productive tight ends, most specifically Jason Witten, but other players that have stepped in and, and been in backup roles. And when Jason Witten pre- uh, very briefly retired, those guys that were able to step in and were relatively productive despite not having a ton of talent at the tight end position. So it seems like that this was a decision to add that weapon, get what you can out of Evan Ingram because he's going to be a, a very highly used asset in this offense most likely. And if you can get him on the field that the Giants are probably hoping get a few more years out of him, if you can get that stuff, then you work on a long-term deal after this contract is done and up. But if he can't stay on the field, at least you have control over him. You can coax someone into trading something for him because at the very least, you could get a mid-round pick for an injury-riddled tight end that is still very, very explosive. Going right on in, though, Chris, to these first questions that we have, we have six that we're going to unpack today. A lot of them have very similar themes that we're going to address here. First, we have two questions from Edwin Gomers, who sends us a ton of amazing questions through the Facebook. Folks, if you have any questions, send them into our Facebook. It's been the easiest way to get them, but you can also DM us at Joe DeLeon or at RaptorMKII. So the first question that Edwin is asking, based on the draft and free agency, whose current roster spots will be the most in danger? So talking about... The position groups, it seems like with how many guys that they have right now, there's going to be players that have been around with the Giants for a decent amount of time that are at the defensive back and linebacker position that probably will get cut come the end of the preseason. Yeah, the Giants brought in a whole bunch of linebackers in the draft, and they continue to add defensive backs, either safeties or cornerbacks. And just looking at cornerback and unspecified defensive back the giants have 12 on their roster right now so no team needs that many dbs and again that's that's not even counting safeties so some of those guys are going to get cut hopefully they'll the giants will be able to bring the best ones back to their practice squad and keep them in house the numbers game is just it's just not going to be in some guy's favor and also linebackers they drafted four of them and you know we can't be sure that even all of the four they drafted will make the final roster right there that i think is where the without getting into specific names because we don't know what the new we don't know what the new coaching staff thinks of any particular player but just looking at the positions the numbers game how how teams are normally built, those are the two positions where I think we're probably going to see guys' jobs be in the greatest jeopardy. Also, if you consider what types of players make up special teams and who are on you know punt, punt return, all that stuff, it's more often than not defensive backs and linebackers, in some cases defensive ends, receivers, tight ends. But it seems like that Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman came to a consensus here that they want to bring in as much young competition as possible for these special teams positions, guys that are athletes and that can come in and compete. So there's going to be guys that also last year that were starters on special teams that are going to be cut and and removed because of the amount of defensive backs that were brought in, the amount of linebackers that were brought in, and then also a number of receivers that were signed during undrafted free agency. The next question we have from Edwin is what would you consider the biggest miss in the offseason? So there were some needs that weren't fully addressed. And I think that 
the clearest one, and this is kind of related to the next two questions that we have here, is that the pass rush. They're, they did go out and get Kyle Fackrell. They did place the transition under, uh, restricted free agent, unrestricted free agent, rather, tag on Marcus Golden, and he might be coming back. You still have O'Shane Zimenez and Lorenzo Carter, but it doesn't really seem like there was a huge intent put on getting at least an average to an above average asset for the pass rush to at least disrupt things and cause some problems. It was just about bringing in guys that that fit things and fit what, what the Giants are trying to create going forward in terms of uh, a roster and a roster mentality. Yeah, the Giants just do not have... Right now, as far as we know, they do not have that ace pass rusher, the guy that teams have to scheme to block. They don't have a Chandler Jones. They don't have a Chase Winovich who emerged for the Patriots last year. They don't have a Shaq Barrett or a Von Miller or a Khalil Mack or you know these great outside pass rushers we see a lot of other teams have. The Giants just do not have that guy. So they're probably going to have to try to scheme a pass rush because they either didn't see the need to add one, didn't see the value on the draft board to add one, didn't want to spend the money to add one in free agency. And then there's also the wide receiver position where we had this great wide receiver class and the Giants just bypassed it completely, which considering the wide receiver class, you almost have to wonder if that was the plan from the, from the very beginning to just ignore the wide receiver position. Uh, maybe it was a vote of confidence of the players they have in house, but you know, we said this a few times it, outside of the top 10, pretty much any time a team came up, a wide receiver was going to be one of the best players available and the giants didn't take any. No, and it was very disappointing that they didn't draft at least one player. They did have an intent to go out and sign some draftable receivers in undrafted free agency, but not taking one of those guys in rounds four through seven was a bit of an oddity for us. It seems like that they missed out on a really good opportunity, but at the very least have addressed other major issues and and areas of concern. Next question we have from Kyle Brande. Without grabbing substantial pass rush help, where do we see any significant improvements in getting to the quarterback coming from? So I want to add in another question to essentially make this a two-parter because we had two very similar questions from two different listeners. Uh, The next question was from Rob Leonard. What do you think the future holds for O'Shane Zimenez? Is he the ultimate winner of the Giants not committing draft capital to the pass rush? Keep it, keep up the amazing work. You're really making a difference to at least one Giants fan struggling for content in the UK. So we have two questions about where we see the step forwards with the pass rush, specifically one about O'Shane Zimenez. And the, the way that I look about answering the first question and almost with the second question is that I think a guy like O'Shane Zimenez and also Lorenzo Carter are going to see increased roles. I think that with the mentality of Joe Judge and Patrick Graham, that it's more specifically Joe Judge, that it's finding your strengths and working on them. You have two very fast athletic pass rushers with both of those guys, Inzimenez and Carter, that they're going to try and and work them in as much as they can. They're going to get them as many reps on those third down situations, try and create mismatches, try and create pressure, wreak havoc. It seems like the best asset that they have right now is a strong interior 
defensive line with some big dudes that take up space and can take up attention, and then fast players off the edge that can come off and and be set loose. So I I really honestly see an expanded role for O'Shane Zimenez, who started to show promising things at the end of last season. I think that this year is going to be the year that they give him more and more snaps, and if he starts to succeed early on, then they're going to continue to let him do do what he's doing best and allow him to keep improving. Now, I'm not guaranteeing a 10-sack season, but I think that he's going to have increased production and increased reps. Yeah, I think he will definitely have the opportunity to either seize or get, or however you want to term it, he will have the opportunity to get an increased role and have the opportunity to produce as a pass rusher. For the pass rush as a whole, I think it's they're going to try to create a pass rush by committee and just try to get as many sacks as they can from as many different players as they can. And I think they're really hoping that an improved secondary will keep the ball in quarterback's hands long enough for pass rushers to get there. And they will probably be leaning on the blitz and sending extra pressure, trying to create one-on-one or free runners into the backfield. The Giants did not have a good four-man pass rush the last year. We saw they actually had one of the worst four-man pass rushes in the NFL last year. But they were able to generate a little bit of pressure when they sent blitzes. The problem was the secondary couldn't hold up, and they just hemorrhaged big plays, and quarterbacks actually played better when the Giants blitzed, which is obviously the thing you do not want to see. So I think the hope and the plan is that by adding Xavier McKinney, by adding James Bradbury, hoping for development from DeAndre Baker, Corey Ballantyne, Sam Beal, and Julian Love, that the secondary will be able to hold up long enough. The pass rush and blitzers will be... Will, eh. Wow, can't speak. That the pass, the the secondary will hold up long enough for the pass rushers and blitzers to get to the quarterback. So we might not see any big sack totals. You know, nobody. The Giants probably aren't going to have anybody threatening Strahan's record, but they're at least hoping that as a team, they'll be able to generate a pass rush. I think too that if you consider the direction of this pass rush going, is that. We're, we're very disappointed, and we, we spoke about it even with the last question, that fans have been disappointed with the lack of commitment to the pass rush. And I think instead of going and getting a big fish and paying him a ton of money, I think the plan right now going forward is to have as many different guys with different skill sets to allow to go off and run free. I think that they're trying to get different looks, different guys with different levels of pass rush to go out there and cause some confusion. I I think that they're not committing to one player, but rather trying to use the cumulative sum of all of these players and take out and bring out all of their strengths. So we'll we'll see what ends up progressing and and how they end up working with them because it's it's not very easy to to project what they're going to be doing with the pass rush in this defense with a new defensive coordinator. We saw what Patrick Graham did last year with the Miami Dolphins, but we don't know how he's going to bring those concepts to the Giants this coming season. We've got two more questions, and before we answer them, we're going to take a very short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom 
help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Next question from Zero underscore Given on Instagram is asking, how many of the seventh rounders actually make the roster love the podcast exclamation point? I think that uh, Chris, we, we talked about this a number of times and we also discussed it briefly on the last show, I believe. They took four guys in the seventh round. They had an obnoxious amount of picks. They drafted a ton of linebackers in the in, in the seventh round as well. And I think if we're being realistic here, one or two of them, only one or two of them are really going to make the roster. I, I can't see a situation where more than that make it. It seems like all the guys that they drafted in the seventh round are, are really pinning them against each other and to see which ones come out, step up, and end up being those depth special teams pieces for this roster. I want more than one or two is just going to be way too much with the amount of draft picks that they had and the amount of undrafted free agents they signed. Yeah, I'll I'll probably just say one because I'm I'm even including Cam Brown in this lump of players. So you've got four linebackers and a defensive back. Those are two positions where the Giants already as we discussed in the first half already have a ton of bodies in place. So the competition is going to be fierce, and there are only so many open roster spots. So I, while you would want and hope for all of these late-round picks to make the team to become contributors, I think if the Giants only get, get one guy to be able to step up and contribute on the main active roster, that they would be doing well. Last question that we have for you today on the mailbag edition of the Chris and Joe show is from Go Giants 83 His question is, which player drafted after the fourth round can have the best career? And I think with all the guys that they took, I'm really high on Shane Lemieux, the guard slash center that they drafted from Oregon. I think he's got a really good mean streak, seems like a really aggressive interior player. We'll see where they end up actually moving him, and if he plays center, if he plays guard, 
he's going to take a few years, maybe at least a season before he can step in and contribute. But I think he's got a lot of potential there. I think he's got what you want in a in an interior offensive lineman in terms of a mentality. Now he's not as uh, he doesn't have the same traits as a guy like Andrew Thomas or Matt Pert had, who they drafted earlier. But I think if they can work him in in the interior and, and get him to be caught up at the center position, I think he could turn out to be a pretty good center for this Giants team. Yeah, and even if he doesn't have the quickness, the athleticism to play center, I think he could be a good, viable, eventual replacement for Kevin Zeitler, who you know he isn't getting any younger. He still had. The Giants still have, he isn't getting any younger. He still has a big contract. So it's possible to see him as a cap casualty over the next couple of years. And Lemieux could step in at that right guard position and hopefully lock that down along with Parrot for the next few years. So even if he doesn't work out at center, there is at least a path to the field for him. But just to be different, I'm going to say Carter Coughlin, one of those seventh-round picks. I had Coughlin as probably about a fifth-round guy. So I think the Giants got a good value there. And I think even if he doesn't carve out a role as kind of a Zach Bond light, I I think he does have a future as a special teamer. He could be like a Chase Blackburn-type player or a Mark Herzlick-type player who can give you some production on defense but could also play a solid decade as a special teamer. And guys who have that motor, who have that ability to be consistent contributors on all of the special teams units, they hang around for a long time. I really really like those comps that you had for him and what he can really step in and do. And you don't really need to talk about these guys and say like, oh, they're going to become an all-pro player or or a pro bowl or or even a a top 10 player at their position. I think that when you get these later round guys, if they can stay with the team for an extended period of time and contribute on special teams or in spot situations at a high level, that's that's really, really great to get out of them. Because if you think about it, in most cases, more so guys drafted after the sixth round, they, sometimes they don't even end up making the roster. So if you can get that guy to stick around for a while, contribute here and there on special teams, be a playmaker, have a, a good presence in the locker room, those are big positives for a Giants team that is currently rebuilding and trying to find new players that, that fit the mentality of this coaching staff going forward. That's going to be it from us, folks, here on the Chris and Joe Show Mailbag. If you happen to have questions and you want us to answer them at any point, we probably won't be doing mailbags during the offseason, but that does not mean we can't answer questions at the ends of episodes if you do still end up having them. You can send them into us at Joe DeLeon and at Raptor MKII or into the Facebook page as well. Also, go follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Big Blue View. Also, be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you are listening to us. Stay tuned for next week as we begin our descent into the coming months of the offseason and discussing this roster going forward to the into the season we have some really fun ideas planned for breaking down things as specific as individual players schemes you name it we're going to have a lot of great content here for you on the chris and joe show